Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me this morning and giving me the activities of my limbs. Even though I have a headache today that is out of control and I ain't finished eating my breakfast, but I'm going to make it work. So today is September the 20th. 2001, and time seems like it's going by so fast. However, we have something to talk about today that many individuals may have either had this happen to them, know someone that has actually done this, or it could be really, really close and dear to their heart. So this is the month of September, and the month of September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. So in honor of such, I decided to do a show today to talk about this taboo tough subject because I've been seeing on Facebook where individuals have been giving honor to some of their loved ones, people that they know that have succumbed to suicide, that have actually taken their lives. And I want to say suicide is another one of those things that do not discriminate. Just the other day I received some information where my daughter was sharing something with me and I guess my grandson got frustrated and told her, what you want me to do, get a gun and kill myself? And he's fine. So how and what is that about? Now, I've been told and I've said, and I've heard it say before, that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And we're going to be talking about some of the myths because sometimes I have a son. My son, Lord, he told me one time, Mom, are you for hours on my grave, and I'm not calling you no more. And I tell myself, who's paying for this? So I know we all have those family members that we think are just want some attention, and it's a cry for help. But by that same token, we have to be mindful of what to say and what not to say. You know, there's the old saying that trouble don't last always. But when individuals are dealing with suicidal ideations and thoughts, they don't think that their trouble is going to go anywhere. So we're going to be talking about that today. Now, even with all that's going on, even with COVID, suicide attempts, suicide is increasing. It's been increasing for a while. Now, today we're going to be providing information, education, resources that could be helpful with shifting the public's perception as it relates to suicide as well as suicide attempts. Again, it's one's perception. I was the one when I was younger, I really didn't take it serious when individuals would be talking like that or saying these things, but I've had family members that I know have taken their own lives. And with that being said, it made me look at things a little differently because we've talked about complicated grief. We've talked about unresolved grief. But when we talk about suicide, and when you think of the parents and the family and the loved ones that are left behind, sometimes that could be their way of trying to get even approval point with the individuals. It makes me wonder, do they really realize the impact of what they're doing, especially that it can have on their children or their spouses? I remember my mother made a comment, and she said to me, you bees can't live without me. I'm like, well, if you're going to do something, that's going to be you. It's going to be not me. But by that same token, that was just how she was feeling when she was saying these things.
because, like I said, individuals are experiencing a lot of different things, and especially if you've been told that you have a terminal illness or if you lost your job or there's been a breakup in a relationship or you just may have a mental health issue. So those are some of the things that can put individuals at risk. And it's important to know the warning signs as well as the risk factors because suicide is the second leading cause of death amongst young individuals or young adults. And it also even happens to seniors. Now, suicide is preventable. So if you know someone or you are in need and need to talk to someone, please, you can call the National Suicide Lifeline at 800-276-TALK. So that's 1-800-273-8255. Or you can call 911. There's also crisis hotlines that are available. You can contact your insurance company. You can call if, you, if your employer offers EAP services. So there's a lot of different things you can do. And even with college students, I want the parents to know a lot of our young adults have just entered the world of becoming a young adult and are going to college. Sometimes they're going to be trying to join sororities, if you hear me, my granddaughter. So sometimes individuals are going to be dealing with self-esteem issues, and sometimes they can't take all of that pressure. So if you have a young adult in college, please watch and listen to what they say. Pay attention. We really need to pay attention. Now, I'm still trying to send out some of this stuff on Facebook in regards to getting people to log on to the show. So if you see me looking down, I'm looking down because I'm trying to look at my phone at the same time. But if you want to call in and you want to join in on this conversation, give me a call at 516-387-1914 because I want to hear your thoughts. And I know because of COVID, a lot of organizations are not doing as much outreach as they were doing before, but people are still in need of information. So let me log on this first caller. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Press of Ridiculous Radio. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. Thank you for joining in on this topic. Now, when we talk about... Suicide awareness, prevention, intervention. You know, I want to say I was one for years that I used to think that if a person had made up in their mind that they wanted to take their life, and I'm not a Dr. Kevorkian, what is, I thought that they're going to do it anyway. How can you prevent someone from wanting to end their life when they think that there's no, no hope? Um, me, Nancy, I was, um, working for this facility, it was a Christian facility, and there'd be people calling in, and they would be, um, suicidal, and the best, the best thing that you could possibly do is keep them, keep, keep in contact with them, Con, um, Conversate with them and just 
reassure them that the trouble that they're going through is not going to last forever, that death is is not it's not the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, remain positive and um, try to get try to give them some type of counseling so that they can get through what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, but a lot There's of times, huge... you know, Nancy, a lot of times if people are in that moment, in that headspace, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear. And I'm going to go through some of the myths and the do's and the don'ts and what to say, what not to say, because sometimes people can say the wrong thing. You know, you don't want to tell a person, well, I know how you feel, because you really don't know how that person feels. And you know, I've been doing therapy for over 20 years, and you know the one population that I kind of stay away from is the depression, because I know my personality. I'm too bubbly. I'm really honest sometimes, and individuals may not, that may not work for them by talking to me, because I'm still laughing thinking about our conversation the other day. When I was talking to you, it's like, who would say that? <laughs> so, <somebody laughs> Nancy would say that. What'd you say? I said Nancy would say that. Nancy's brutally honest. <laughs> Don't call me and ask me no questions, because I'll be like, uh, you really want to hear what I got to say? So, since you asked You really me, don't want to hear that. <laughs> so... <laughs> But the point is, I tell people there's two things I can make you do in therapy. I can make you laugh, and I'm going to make you think. Those two things I can do. I'm not trying to get into the feelings because the feelings are like a roller coaster. They can go up and down, up and down. But when you're talking about, you know, let's say I'm going to give you an example because being a therapist, I've received calls, and this is my was one of my pet peeves, a breakup of a relationship. So because you broke up, and that person either broke up with you or whatever the case may be, you want to go kill yourself. Why? Why you want to die? <laughs> broke up with that person. <laughs> I used to tell people, you sure they ain't got no insurance on you? You might be doing them a favor. You know, sometimes you, you can live when you realize you've been wasting your time with that person, you know, and you get to really find out how to have a relationship or a healthy relationship. But that was one of the biggest things, Nancy, that I used to run into early in my career as a therapist was people breaking up or losing their job, and they want to kill themselves. Really? I, I just, oh, I, I just never understood. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I experienced that many times. I was um, working for a homeless shelter last year, and there was this person who was barricaded in their room, and they – they were um, in contact with um, the police, and the police had to come and break down the door to get into there because a person took all of their medication. Mm-hmm. They drank a gallon of whiskey tr- trying to attempt to commit suicide, and the ambulance had to come. The ambulance took them to the hospital. They had to pump their stomach. They just tore up from the floor up, and um, it's Honestly, through my own experiences in my life, I've had my ups and downs. And it's through the hardships that you go through, the hard storms that you go through. It's building muscle in you. Look, you you survive. I'm 44 years old, going on 45. I've survived 100% of, 100% of my days. 
with, with mm-hmm. God's grace. His mercy and grace covers me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that, that it, it's not just Christians, it's people that aren't following God that mm-hmm. that would want to kill themselves. There's a relative well, in my family I, that's, well, that's I want like to tell you something that kind of made me remember something. And um, I always talk about Ms. Porters, and Ms. Porters was a pastor. She used to have children that was in the foster care system. And one of the girls, I used to always tell her, she was focused on the young child. And I'd be like, mm-mm, that is the one you need to watch. You need to watch the other one. Pay attention to this one. And the other one, she got a hold of some purple salvia and some mar- marijuana. And she went above uh, the overpass in Moreno Valley, and this was around the time oh, that Michael Jackson away. And she jumped. She literally, I mean, so she jumped high and she jumped. And at the time, she had a four-year-old daughter. But I remember Miss Porter being a pastor, and she was, conf- I don't want to say she was conflicted, but she was tired of hearing people say that because she committed suicide, she was going to go to hell. And I always say, I don't have a heaven or hell to put nobody in. So we don't know if that's true unless we go meet our maker. But by that same token, that's one of the things, because people commit suicide in the church, too. So I want to let people know yeah, that exactly. suicide does not discriminate. When them voices get in your head and you start feeling worthless and you start, whether you in church or whoever you, it can happen to anybody. I always just used to tell individuals that I'm not suicidal, I'm homicidal. I believe in killing the sucker made me mad before I kill myself. What am I going to kill me for? If you piss me off, you got to die. I ain't dying. So I know, Nancy, your call just dropped, but you can call back in because I see that it dropped. So, like I said, that's no disrespect to anyone, but I want to say that, again, if you are dealing with this, because suicidal thoughts, much like mental health conditions, can affect anyone, regardless of their age, gender, background. In fact, suicide is often the result of untreated mental health conditions. Suicidal thoughts, although common, can be very common should not be considered normal and often indicated it can indicate more serious issues. So like I said, it can't be other things going on. It can't be that the person is just dealing with depression. It can't be, it can be a lot of different things. But is it really worth taking your life? Now again, September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month and that's a time where individuals wear raise awareness on this stigmatized because it is very much stigmatized and often taboo topic. A lot of people don't like talking about this. Even in my family, if I start bringing up the people that come in, they'll be like, well, you know you shouldn't have told that. Well, you know you should have. It is true. It is true. Now, in addition to shifting public's perceptions, they use the month to spread hope and vital information to people affected by suicide. The goal with that was to ensure that individuals, friends, and families have access to the resources they need to discuss the suicide prevention and seek help. I mean, a lot of times we, we hear about it on TMZ, I think after TMZ, because individuals that are actresses, actors, movie stars, we hear about their lives mostly through TMZ. And we've had individuals commit suicide, and and throughout the month of September, NAMI 
will highlight what they call Together for Mental Health, which encourage individuals to bring their voices together to advocate for a better mental health care, including crisis response system. Because I'm going to tell you, a lot of individuals have died or succumbed to um, being killed by the police because the police departments weren't prepared for that. Now, they have what's called the PET team or the PERC team, and, you know, when individuals are a danger to themselves or others, they have what's called a 5150 or 5250. So they're trying to educate individuals about how to handle those type of cases because the first thing a lot of people used to do is just call the police. Police didn't know what to do. Now, when we start talking about that, what normally wants the person experiencing suicidal thoughts or behaviors to have a number to call and a system to turn to that will connect them to the treatment and support they need. Sometimes it may not be what they want, but it may be what they need because he's trying to balance that out. But part of it is knowing the signs and risk. Now, I was waiting for one of the ladies to call in, and she hasn't called in yet. Let me go on my LinkedIn account and see where she is. I'm just going to send her a message and be like, oh, where are you? Because she has some really good information to share about some things. Oh, I guess she said, oh, you know what? She's not feeling good. I'm not feeling well this morning. Let's go for next Wednesday. Okay, so she's not feeling good. And I wanted her to call in because she battles with lupus. And a lot of times, like I said, individuals, her name is Shakita, and she does a lot of different speaking engagements, and she does a lot of stuff. And I'm very proud of some of the work that this young lady do, but I know recently she had posted a story about a friend of hers that had basically committed suicide, and I wanted her to share, but she just informed me that she's not feeling good today, and I totally know what that's like to have lupus or an autoimmune disorder and just not be having your best days. And sometimes you got to press your way through, and that's one of the things that you have to do when these thoughts and things start coming into your head. Sometimes you just got to press your way. So I want to talk about knowing the signs. And this information is coming from um, NAMI, and it says the risk. Because there are some individuals that are maybe at a higher risk than others. Now, it indicates that... It can be frightening if someone you love talks about suicidal thoughts. It can be even more frightening if you find yourself thinking about dying or giving up on life because that happens. Not taking these kind of thoughts seriously can um, lead to a devastating outcome. You know, I, I have a lot of compassion for parents that have came home and felt their kids hanging in a garage or in a closet or, you know, they drunk, they drunk poison or, you know, hi, Joanna, how are you doing? You know you could call in, Joanna, when you want to talk. But, you know, these are things that have happened to some people that I know that, you know, they came home or, you know, I was doing a show with a woman a couple of weeks, it was last week, and they were talking about bullying and being bullied. Sometimes kids that are being bullied, they feel the only way out is to kill themselves if they feel like they're being mistreated. People, women and men that are in domestic violence relationships, 
You know, they feel like they just rather be dead. So these thoughts can have a devastating outcome, such as suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Now, what they indicated was, according to the CDC, they said that suicide rates have increased by 35% since 1999. So that means that more than 48,000 lives were lost to suicide in 2018 alone. And it's been even higher since then because 78% of people who die by suicide are male. It is said that women make more attempts, but men are more successful. So don't think that it's just a woman's thing because people think, oh, woman emotional, she wants to kill herself. Men do it. Now, comments or thoughts about suicide, often known as suicidal ideations, can begin with small things like, I wish I wasn't here, or nothing mattered. But over time, they can become more explicit and dangerous. So that's why I said pay attention, people. These are some of the warning signs, and these are just a few. If you see an increased alcohol or drug use, Something's going on if that person is drinking more or using drugs. And I'm going to tell you, too, I heard, don't eat yourself to death, because that's another one, so I need to be careful with that one. But people start consuming food. If you start seeing aggressive behavior, aggressive behavior, risky behavior, wanting to go on these trips, riding bikes excessively, or, you know, just you notice some behavioral changes. Withdrawal from friends, families, and communities. Now, we know COVID, yes, people are kind of doing things, living life a little differently, but if you're noticing that they're isolating themselves, don't want to be around people, losing interest in some of the things that they like to do, that could be a problem. Dramatic mood swings impulsive or reckless behavior. Now, suicidal behaviors are a psychiatric emergency. If you or a loved one starts to take these steps, seek immediate help to, from a health care provider, or like I said, I call 911. Now, also, if you see someone collecting or saving pills, buying a weapon, Pills was big in my family. I don't know what it is about pills, but they were some pill poppers. And so sometimes I want to say this. We have what's called accidental overdose where people may not have realized that certain medications you should not mix with alcohol because it can kill you, like Valium's and alcohol. But sometimes individuals may not know, and they don't know whether to rule it as an attempted suicide or if it was accidental poisoning. So, but buying a weapon, that's a problem. Giving away their possessions. If you notice grandma giving away all her dresses or, you know, giving away all their nice jewelry, things that they valued, that lets you know they're about, they got, they got a plan. And tying up loose ends, like organizing personal papers or paying off debt and saying goodbye to a friend or family. I have a friend, he don't like saying bye. He'll say see you later. He, he never wants to say bye because it makes it final. Now, with risk factors, research has found that 46% of people who died by suicide had a known mental health condition. Several other things may put a person at risk of suicide, including a family history of suicide, substance use, 
because drugs can create mental highs and lows that worsen suicidal thoughts and intoxication. More than one in three individuals who die from suicide are under the influence of alcohol at the time of death. That is deep because some individuals, they use alcohol to celebrate, they use alcohol to have fun. Alcohol is not everybody's friend. If a person has access to firearms, again, a serious chronic medical illness, gender, although women are more than more than men attempt suicide, but men are nearly four times more likely to die. And a history of trauma or abuse, prolonged stress. Stress is not good for you. And also a recent tragedy or loss. We see that quite often, especially in my line of work. When one spouse has died, the other spouse may want to commit suicide just to join them. Or you got a kid that have lost their parent. You know, those are some of the things that happen. Now, with support in a crisis, when a suicide-related crisis occurs, friends and families are often caught off guard. Most of the time they're unprepared, unsure what to do. The behavior of a person experiencing crisis can be unpredictable, changing dramatically without warning. So one of the things that I want to give you guys some tips is talk openly and honestly. Do not be afraid to ask questions like, do you have a plan? How will you kill yourself? Because you want to know if they have the means to do it. If a person say, I'm going to shoot myself but they don't have a gun, or I want to stab myself and all they got is kitchen kitchen knives, butter knives, another thing you want to remove the means such as guns, knives, or stockpile pills so that they don't have access to them. Calmly ask simple and direct questions. Can I help you call your psychiatrist? Or you might want to talk to someone. Don't call them crazy. Don't tell them I know how you feel. Don't do those things. And if there are multiple people around, have one person speak at a time. Express support and concern. Don't argue. Threaten or raise your voice. Don't debate whether suicide is right or wrong. And if you're nervous, try not to fidget or pace and be patient. Like any other health emergency, it is important to address the mental health crisis like suicide quickly and effectively because you never know. You might miss that opportunity. So, again, if you are a friend or a family member that struggles with suicidal ideation day to day, let them know that they can talk to you about what they're going through, but make sure that you adopt an open a compassionate mindset when, oh, okay, I'll read that in a minute, Will. An open and compassionate mindset instead of trying to argue or disprove their negative statement. You know, so they start saying life is bad. Don't say, well, you got this, you got everything. Don't do that. Just just hear them out. Now, my brother-in-law just texted me something, so let me read what he just said because he don't want to call me. And he said, I don't say bye or goodbye to people either because – of that same reason you stated, I'll say see you later or talk to you later, peace, or something like that. That's exactly what the person I was talking about did. He will not say bye because it seems so final. So thank you, Will, for that comment. And if you have anything you want to say or you want to talk about, 
Again, you can call in at 516-387-1914. Because I'm going to tell you, laughter is a good medicine. I love to laugh. I love to enjoy life. And I know people are going through some things. But by that same token, it's really not worth taking your life. Because you do that, then what? Now, I want to share some other information because I was getting some information as we were talking about this in regards to the awareness and the facts and knowing the facts. Because, like I said, when we start talking about some of the facts and the information, and it indicated, like I said earlier, that 78 people who die by suicide are male, and although, like I said, women are more likely to attempt, men are more successful, it is the second leading cause of death amongst individuals between the ages of 10 to 34. Now, it's also according to the 10th leading cause of death overall in the United States. Now, getting to just even when we start talking about community impact, because I indicated that it is a national public health concern, the annual prevalence of of serious thoughts of suicide by the U.S. demographic group 4.8% 4.8% of adults, 11.8% of young adults between the ages of 18 and 25, that's why I said watch your college students, 18.8% are high school students, 48.6% of lesbian, gay, bisexual high school students because they're struggling with gender identity issues. And some of the highest rates of suicide in the U.S. are amongst American Indian, Alaska Native, and non-Hispanic white community. Now, lesbian, gay, and bisexual youth are four times more likely to attempt suicide than straight youth. And like I said, I'm getting all of this from the NAMI website. Transgender adults are nearly 12 times more likely to attempt suicide than the general population. And that's interesting because we talk about transgender adults. We're now running into, as therapists, transgender teens. Parents are being very supportive of this, but by that same token, there could be some underlying issues going on. And, yes, the individuals have to go to, through therapy in order to be able to sign off, but whether some trauma, whether some hurt, whether, and now committing suicide is high amongst transgender adults. Suicide is the leading cause of death for people held in local jails. That's because a lot of things go on when they get incarcerated. So those are just some facts and some information that I found from the NAMI website that I wanted to share with you. And, you know, because people can share their story. And that's why, like I said, they have Suicide Awareness Month so all month long, individuals can become and receive more education as it relates to the thoughts and the ideations and trying to prevent individuals and knowing who is at risk because, again, it is preventable, definitely preventable. And like I said, it doesn't matter if you're rich, if you're poor, if you're black, if you're white, if you're young, if you're old. It can happen. It can happen. And like we talked about, sometimes we're looking at mental health issues. Depression is huge. When individuals are dealing with risk or, um, symptoms of depression and sometimes even anxiety, they want it to just be over. 
having a baby. That has happened. Getting married, getting a divorce. Now I want to share some information because I have some stuff that I was that I found, and I'm trying to find it as we speak, because they were talking about some of the the myths. And a lot of times we get so caught up because we heard people say these things, or you know we don't we don't believe it. And again, and I want to put that number out there. If you know someone, or if it's you, you can call. 1-800-273-8255 or call 911 immediately. Now, they indicate that if any of these signs are present, please get some help. Talking about death or suicide. I remember being a kid and my mother, my uncle had a friend named Fireson. And a lot of the Fireson brothers were they killed, they died, they had cancer. It was just a big family. I don't even think that many of them left yet. I mean, now. I'll never forget after my uncle had died, my well, my uncle was murdered. One of the firemen came to my mother's visit. Yeah, I talked to so and so, and I talked to. And we were like, you ain't talked to him because he's deceased. But he was already preparing, and I think within a week, he didn't commit suicide. He was murdered. So these things start happening when individuals start talking about death or suicide. Another thing is seeking methods for self harm. Now self Harming, self-mutilating behaviors does not automatically mean that the person is trying to commit suicide. A lot of times we get that confused, but that is basically a crime, not a crime for help, but it's a release of gaining power. It, but it can be very addicting. And I've talked about self-harm, self-mutilating behaviors. Totally different from suicide. If a person is talking about feeling helpless or having no reason to live, those are some of the signs. Now, you want to make sure that you find the words to say. And it says, if you are thinking of ending your life, few phrases are difficult to say to a loved one. And you want to start with a conversation. You want to listen and express concerns and reassure. Creating a safety plan is huge and have them get help, and what not to say. There are some things that we got to realize that we just should not say. And this is some of the things that they indicate on the website. If you are not thinking about suicide, or you are, or you're not thinking about doing something yourself, it says don't act in a way that indicates you want no for an answer. The next one says fine. If you want to be selfish and kill yourself, then go right ahead. See if I care. Don't do that. There was a case recently where a young lady had told a boy, you didn't do it, and kept pressuring him, and she was jailed for that, for coaching him. And um, so now they're making that a crime. Don't tell the person to do it. You may want to shout in frustration or anger, but this is the most dangerous thing you can say if you tell somebody we'll do it then. Another one is don't say, don't worry, I won't tell anyone. Your secret is safe with me. Can't make those problems, those promises. Now, I'm a mandated reporter, so by being a mandated reporter, I have to report if a person is a danger to themselves or others. It's not to get them in trouble, it's to get them some help. So don't 
promise secrecy. The person may say that they don't want to tell anyone that they're suicidal. Say this instead. I care about you too much to keep this a secret like this. You need help, and I am here to help you get it. You may be concerned that they will be upset with you, or when someone's life is at risk, it is more important to ensure their safety than for them just to be mad at you because you tried to get them some help. And that is very, very valuable information because a lot of times individuals will hold on to that secret. You know, I shared on the radio before, I had a godbrother that when I moved into my home back in 1999, he did a homicide suicide. And I kind of knew that he was feeling some kind of way over his marriage. But what he did was he killed himself and killed his wife in front of two of his younger children. They were four and six at the time. No, four and four, eight. And the sad part about it is I kind of knew something was going down, but I didn't know what to say. So I'm trying to tell him, you know what, if she want to leave, let her leave. Don't worry about it. You still got your house. You got your kids. But I kind of thought it was going to be a domestic violence. I thought they were probably going to wind up fighting. I didn't know it was going to kill her. But sometimes when individuals are having this cry for help, and he had been drinking, so he had a lot of the signs. Now, when we start talking about even suicide prevention, and I talked about that it is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, and the important thing to remember is help is available. Anyone experiencing suicidal thoughts should be immediately referred to a health care provider who can evaluate this condition and provide some type of assistance. Now, sometimes... A crisis may involve thoughts of suicide, hopelessness, feeling like there's no way out, or anxiety, agitation, sleeplessness, mood swings, feeling like there's no reason to live, rage, anger, and I talked about the engaging in activities without thinking, and increasing alcohol or drug abuse and withdrawing from individuals a loss and giving away possessions. So again, the following signs require immediate attention. See, because sometimes it's like a kid. We don't know when to ignore something, when to overlook something. But these, these signs right here, you need help. Thinking about hurting or killing oneself. Looking for ways to kill oneself. Talking about death, dying, or suicide. Self-destructive behavior such as drug abuse or um, using weapons. Because 70% of people who are suicidal shows warning signs. I was talking to my friend the other day, Ms. Parks, and I, I couldn't do nothing but laugh because we'd be engaging in all kind of conversations. She said to me, well, don't look like I'm going to die, so I might as well start focusing on trying to live. I couldn't do nothing but laugh. <laughs> Here she 80-something years old, talking about I better focus on trying to live because I guess the good Lord don't want me yet. So sometimes with individuals, and especially seniors, we have to listen, show them attention, pay time with them, let them know that they're loved and they're valued and they're respected and we appreciate them. And I enjoyed our conversations, but she had me cracking up. She said, well, I guess I ain't dying no time soon, so I might as well focus on trying to live. Another thing is ways to help someone who is threatening suicide. Be direct. Talk openly. 
and matter of fact about suicide, again, you've got to be willing to listen. Allow expressions of feelings and accept their feelings. So when she started talking, I just started laughing because I was like, ooh. You know, I had an ex-mother-in-law. She used to just say, keep living or let them live. My mother would keep living. Hers would let them live. Another one is do not be or don't be or be non-judgmental. Don't debate it, what's right or wrong, because it's what they feel. And don't give nobody no lecture. They don't want to hear all of that. Get involved and be, become available. Show interest and support. Don't dare them to do it. That's one of the things people do. I dare you to do it. And do not be sworn to, like I said, secrecy. Take action. And if you are considering suicide, consider these major important facts. Suicidal thinking is usually associated with problems that can be treated, meaning give it some time. Like I said, trouble don't last always. This too shall pass. These are things that we hear, but it's true because you're giving yourself some time to try to come up with a solution versus just trying to end your life. And even if you are thinking about, do you got some insurance? Or like I told myself, who may for this? Now, if you are unable to think of solutions rather than um, the suicide, it is not that solutions don't exist, only that you are currently unable to see them. A lot of times that's just not what you want to hear or you're not ready. Now, I want to go into talking about in the military too. Suicide rate is also high amongst veterans and active duty service members. And for whatever the reason is, and like I said, I've never been in the military, so I can't speak on why these things happen. I don't know if it's because they are, you know, in a different environment, they're away from home, I don't, I don't know. But I know that these things do happen, especially within the military. It happens when individuals, um, like I said, get job promotions, they feel they can't handle the stress, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Now, I'm giving you some information from Help Guide. And, again, if you want to call in, give me a call, 516-387-1914, because you guys know I do not like just talking to myself. I really don't. I'd rather get the feedback and hear what people got to say. And I can't see the scrolls if somebody is posting something on Facebook in regards to any questions that they may have or how to reach out and get some help. Now, with the helpguide.org, it says suicide prevention starts with recognizing the warning signs. And that's part of why they do the National Suicide Awareness for Prevention and Intervention to help individuals so that you will know what you're looking at, and you can recognize the warning signs and you can take them serious. Because if you think of a friend or family member who is suicidal, there's plenty you can do to actually help save a life. Again, I'm going to put that number out there. If you're feeling suicidal, you can call 1-800-273-TALK. And you can do that in the United States or find a suicide help helpline in the country that you're in ASAP, because I know that this show is also heard in other countries. Now, understanding suicide, you don't have to dissect or know why they feel the way they feel or, you know, give the, they don't have to give you a reason for why they feel that way. 
Now, one of the things with understanding suicide is the World Health Organization estimates that one million individuals die each year from suicide. What drives so many individuals to take their own lives? To those who are not at grip of suicide and depression and despair, it's difficult to understand what drives so many individuals to take their own lives. And see, that's where I was for many, many years. I was like, why would you want to kill yourself? You know, I remember a situation where I was working, trying to help somebody, and no matter what I said, they wanted to say, they were determined to get even with their wife or how dare her do this to me and I can't see my child and blah, 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 blah on and on and on, on. And it was months later I was talking to a person and they told me I had to go to a funeral. And I said, a funeral? Yeah, my fire captain jumped off a bridge. And he told me that man's name. I was like, you kidding me. But I gave that man so many resources, so many, he didn't want none of them because he was determined. And I did the best I could. But the thing, like I told him, when you're doing that and you're trying to do it to hurt somebody else, you may not be hurting that person. My son recently had a girlfriend or a female friend that was allegedly pregnant and walked in front of moving vehicles and You know, and people's lives still go on. So don't shorten your life because you're hurting so bad and you feel that you want that other person to pay. Don't do that to yourself. Your life matters. You're important too. Find somebody to talk to to help you work through that pain and that situation. Now, when we talk about what drives so many individuals to take their own lives, and like I said, when we talk about the grips of suicidal depression and despair, it's difficult to understand what would drive a person to do that. But a suicidal individual could be in so much pain that they don't see no other options. Suicide is a desperate attempt to escape suffering that has become unbearable, blinded by feelings of self-loathing, hopelessness, and isolation. A suicidal person can't see a way of finding relief except through death. But despite their desire for the pain to stop, most suicidal individuals are deeply conflicted about ending their own lives. They wish that there was an alternative to suicide, but they just can't see one. I remember talking to a man one time. He came in, his whole face was just, he looked like he was Humpty Dumpty that was put back together again. And uh, based on the information that I learned, what to do himself. He tried to jump off the a building. He said every building he went to, the doors were locked. He couldn't get out. It was just a mess. So he finally went over the freeway overpass. And when he jumped off the freeway overpass to try to land onto the freeway with moving traffic, the wind shifted his body over to the dirt, and he broke almost every bone in his body. I was like, oh, oh, my God. They saw cracked up body on He was all jacked up, but he didn't die. It wasn't his time to go. So I want to give you some common misconceptions about suicide. This is a myth. People who talk about suicide, or people who talk about suicide don't really do it. That's a myth. Almost everyone who attempts suicide has given 
some clue or warning. Don't ignore even indirect references to death or suicide. Statements like, you'll be sorry when I'm gone, I can't see any way out, no matter how casual or jokingly it say it, it may indicate serious suicidal feelings. And that's what I tell people even in therapy, don't play with that. Another myth, anyone who tries to kill themselves must be crazy. You know, as a therapist, that word crazy drives me nuts. I say it's an adjective, a noun, a pronoun, an adverb. When people say, oh, you're crazy, what do that really mean, you're crazy? Most suicidal individuals are not psychotic or insane. They are upset, grief-stricken, depressed, or despairing to extreme distress and emotional pain are not necessarily signs of mental illnesses. Another myth, if someone is determined to kill themselves, Nothing is going to stop them. The fact is, even a very severely depressed person has mixed feelings about death, fluctuating between wanting to live and wanting to die. Rather than wanting death, they just want the pain to stop. And the impulse to end life does not last forever. So, that was one of the things a lot of people would ignore, especially when they hear from their kids. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with you. Go somewhere. Get away from me. Don't play with that because you really don't know. Another myth, people who die by suicide are people who are unwilling to seek help. That is so not true. Many individuals try to get help before attempting suicide. In fact, studies indicate that more than 50% of suicidal victims had sought medical help in the six months prior to their death. Sometimes that's why some of the medication, it says, may cause suicidal ideation, may cause these thoughts. So I tell individuals to journal, write things down. So there are some individuals that have tried to go get some help, and when they went to go get some help, the medication that they were taking, they didn't know how to handle once the thing started switching in their body. Another myth. Talking about suicide may give someone the idea. You don't give someone an idea by talking about suicide. Rather, the opposite is true. Talking openly and honestly about suicidal thoughts and feelings can help save a life because you may be able to give them some other ideas and find other ways to try to help them get through what they're going through. I used to tell individuals in therapy, there's a saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I used to say, if I lead you to the water, I'm going to make you thirsty. You don't want that water. Because you ain't going to just keep looking at it. You're going to be like Pavlov's dog and start to levitate because you go do something about this. Now, some of the warning signs, and I've indicated earlier, most suicidal individuals give warning signs and signals of their intentions, and the best way to prevent suicide is to recognize these warning signs and know how to respond if you spot them. Again, if you believe that a friend or family member is suicidal, you can play the role of a suicide prevention by pointing out the alternative, showing that you care, and getting a doctor or psychologist involved. Again, major warning signs for suicide include talking about killing or harming oneself, talking or writing about death or dying, and seeking out things that could be used in a suicide attempt, such as weapons or drugs, 
And these signals are even more dangerous if the person has a mood disorder such as depression or bipolar disorder, suffers from alcohol dependence, has previously attempted suicide, or has a family history of suicide. Now, I want to say I know that a lot of parents have called me because they found things in their kids' room, uh, in the backpack, found notes, things on Facebook posting. Social media has been huge with that, where individuals have put out certain things on um, Facebook or social media about how they're feeling. Now, a more subdued but equally dangerous warning sign of suicide is hopelessness. Studies have found that hopelessness is a strong predictor of suicide, and such individuals who feel hopeless may talk about unbearable feelings, predict a bleak future, state that they have nothing to look forward to. One of the things when I went to church, and I, I'm glad that I did go to Love and Unity and Coffin, and the two things that I picked up on, he was talking about forgiveness. And one of the things he said, he was like, we have to learn how to forgive people. We have to learn how to forgive family members. We have to learn how to forgive those that have hurt or used us or have done something to us. Because when you hold on to these things, it can turn into something else. And he was talking about that God is a healer and his grace and his mercy. And I've been hearing so many individuals now that are recently being diagnosed with COVID and they're going through so many different medical challenges or breakup of relationships and marriages. And it's just so much going on. And I just thank God that I am so blessed, that I am so grateful for my life, even though it may not be perfect, but I'm just like, thank you for protecting me. And even when my grandson said, Granny, I want to go to church, I was like, come on, let's go. And it was a blessing because just knowing that sometimes some of the things that he say and do, we have to pay attention to that too. Now, again, I want to get back to that. And because, like I said, these things happen. Some people go to church. That's what my mother did. She wanted to go to church. She wanted to pray. She wanted to, you know, but you, you got to do something. you got to do more. You've got to do more. you still got to talk it out. Holding that stuff in can eat you up. Other warning signs that point out to suicide mind frame include, like I said, a dramatic mood swing, sudden personality changes, such as they went from being outgoing to being withdrawn, a well from well-behaved to being rebellious. Suicidal person may also lose interest in day-to-day activities. They neglect their appearance or show big changes in their eating and sleeping habits. And when I say changes in their appearance, they do. They stop shaving. They stop showering. They stop coming outside. They totally shut down. Now, suicidal warning signs include, like I said, talking about it, Seeking out lethal means, preoccupation with death, no hope for the future, self-loathing, self-hatred, getting affairs in order, saying goodbye, withdrawing from others, self-destructive behaviors, sense of calmness. So if you know that somebody you know been going through all of that stuff, and now all of a sudden they're like, oh, everything's okay, oh, I'm good, oh, I'm fine now, and you notice that a sudden sense of calm and happiness after being extremely depressed, that could mean that this person has made a decision to attempt suicide. 
and that's where a lot of people miss it. If they think that everything is great, I say, when they say, I'm fine, I'm effed up, insecure, needy, emotional. I was like, okay, how are they all of a sudden, no, they got a plan. So suicide prevention, tip one, speak up if you're worried. Again, if you spot the warning signs, let them know you care, but speak up. Even if you're uncomfortable, just let them know, you know what, I'm worried about you, I'm concerned about you. At least the person will know that you care. Because talking to a friend and family member about suicidal thoughts and feelings can be extremely difficult for anyone. But if you're unsure whether someone is suicidal, the best way to find out is to ask. I do that when I'm doing therapy. I can look at their face and be like, mm-mm, something ain't right. What's wrong? What you going through? What you... And a lot of times they may not want to say it, and they talk it to a professional. But it's something about that look, something about that I can pick it up, and I'm not afraid to, to talk about it. But I don't want to tell them how they're feeling, but you want them to know that you do at least care. Because giving a person that's suicidal the opportunity to express their feelings can provide relief from the loneliness and pent-up negative feelings that may prevent a suicide attempt. Again, some individuals don't know what to say. Ways to start the conversation, I've been feeling concerned about you lately. Or recently I've noticed some difference in you and wondered, how are you doing? I wanted to check in with you because I haven't, you haven't seen yourself lately. Questions you can ask? When did you begin feeling like this? Did something happen to make you start feeling this way? How can I best support you right now? Have you thought about getting help? Because sometimes people say, well, no, can't nobody help me, don't nobody care, you know. And what you can say that helps, you're not alone, I'm here for you. Or you may not believe it now, but the way you're feeling will change. I may not understand exactly what you feel, but I care about you and I want to help. And when you want to give up, tell yourself, I will hold off this one more day. One more hour, one more minute, whatever you can manage. When talking to a suicidal person, be Don't be phony. Hey, Hope, Hope, you need to call in, Hope, because I haven't seen you. So I need to talk to you, Hope. But be yourself. Let the person know that you care. They are not alone, and finding the right words are not as nearly as important as letting people know you care. That's how someone knows that you care, that you love them, that you're thinking about them, and listen. Let them unload their feelings no matter if they are, but listen to them. Be sympathetic and not judgmental. Sometimes what happens is if you've already just recently lost a friend or lost a family member or child or loved one, and you see these signs, that can be very scary because you don't know what to do. But offer hope. Reassure your loved one that help is available and that suicidal feelings are temporary and that they will pass. The pers- let the person know that their life is important to you and take the person serious. If, suicide- if a suicidal person says things like, I'm so depressed, I can't go on, Ask if they're having thoughts of suicide or allowing them to share their pain with you. Yes. And don't argue with the person. 
Don't act shocked. Offer ways to fix the loved one's problems. And thing two is don't blame yourself. A lot of times the family don't know what to do. Families will learn to go, to go on, but don't carry that guilt. And if you have experienced where you have a loved one that has committed suicide or a child that has committed suicide, please attend grief counseling to help you process the grief process, which is the denial, the anger, the bargaining, and the acceptance, the guilt, and the hope. But don't blame yourself for what someone else did or blame yourself by saying, if I would have called, I should have been there, I should have. Don't do that to yourself because you've got to live your life. So I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And kind of stuff on what I'm going to talk about tomorrow because a lot of little topics are going through my head. So I can't tell you what it's going to be, but it's going to be good. Because on Tuesday is when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch where you will receive biblical teachings from myself and perhaps someone that is in ministry. I don't claim to be a Bible scholar, but I like sharing information to help individuals because, you know what, I might talk about trouble don't last always. I'm going to talk about that. And the reason being is because sometimes individuals are looking at today, even though we do need to stay in the present, but we get so fixated on that, we think that everything is just going to be stuck like this, and it don't have to be. So we're going to talk about trouble, just being troubled at Precious Ridiculous Blog Talk Radio. So thank you for joining me. See you later.